Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Now, if you're a regular listener to the program, then, then you've heard us talk on the show before, of course, about the, the five ways that we make money in real estate. Just a quick rundown, right? There's the, the cash flow that we pocket each month. That's what we live off of. Uh, the equity buildup that we gain as the tenant pays down the mortgage for us every month. Then there's the equity capture that we make on the front end because we buy right and we buy below market. Of course, number four, there's the natural market appreciation. Our assets will tend to go up in value. And then, of course, there are, there are a slew of uh, tax advantages that, that save us money if we're doing it right. Now, have you ever wondered about that third one in there? That's the equity capture. Equity capture. What exactly is going on there? Well, well, in today's show, I want to I want to dive into that one, and in particular, I want to I want to take a look at the renovation process since a lot of the assets that we're buying they they well they, quite frankly they need some work. And, and this can go for both apartments or houses, of course, but I'm, I'm going to focus on the, the single family house. That's my bread and butter. That's what I know best. And, and really, that's how a lot of folks get started investing in real estate is, is with single family houses. And that's that's perfectly fine. So you could capture equity, you know, in a, in a number of ways. But but fundamentally, it, it, it all relates to the fact that uh, we're, we're buying the house at a discount. And it could be for any number of reasons. It, it may be that the seller is simply in a hurry to sell, maybe due to divorce, right? Uh, or perhaps they're moving out of state for, for a job, and, and they just want to get that house sold. Um, you know, I remember years ago, we bought a house in Omaha, Nebraska, happened to live up there for a few years, and I wound up taking a job after two years across the ocean. <laughs> I wanted that house sold before we, before we left the country, and fortunately it did sell. Uh, we didn't have to drop the price, so we didn't enter that distressed uh, selling from abroad uh, state. I guess. Now, it could be something else that's gone on, right? Maybe they've inherited a house. Someone's passed away and, well, the heirs just don't know what to do with the darn thing. So again, they, they just want it gone and they drop the price. And of course, someone may have simply gotten in over their head when they bought the house with zero down, right? What happens when you buy zero down? Well, your payments every month are a little bit higher. So think twice before you go that zero down route. And lo and, you know, lo and behold, what happens? Well, they can't really afford the house. Or maybe they lost a job. That happens too, of course. And, and now they're headed to foreclosure, right? That clock is ticking. And well, here in Texas, that's the first Tuesday of the month. That's auction day. And that ain't too far off. So again, they need to move the house fast if, if they want to save their credit 
um, and, and keep a foreclosure off their record. So, so we have distressed sellers in these scenarios, right? Uh, that's what we're talking about there are, are distressed sellers. By the same token, a lot of what we see are distressed houses, the, the property themselves. Uh, in other words, these are houses that need some work to bring them up to market value. Now, often these two are combined, right? You've got the distressed seller scenarios that I described and the house is in bad shape as well. For example, Johnny, you know, he inherits a house from uh, Aunt Peggy and Aunt Peggy was not in the best of health, terminally ill, you know, for some period of time. And, and of course, you know, Aunt Peggy, she's focusing on her health and she lets the house go. Look, we see that all the time. So now Johnny, he's got a house on his hands. He's inherited it. He's in some other city or maybe even another state. And that asset, well, it's in bad shape, right? So he really discounts the house to get it moving, to get it sold. And look, I mean, Johnny, he's a young guy. He, he doesn't have a lot of capital to fix up the house himself. <clears throat> and really, he doesn't know the first thing about fixing up houses. We see that all the time. And the same goes, you know, for the foreclosure scenario. Again, these folks, they've not been able to keep up with their mortgage payments. So do you think they've been maintaining the house? You guessed it. No, heck no. So, so in a nutshell, we as educated investors that do know how to fix up a house and that do have the capital and the connections, well, we can swoop in and we help Johnny out. We buy that house from him. And, and, and of course, we buy it at a discount due to the condition. And, and he's more than happy to let the house go. I mean, we've just helped Johnny solve his problem. And because we're able to buy at a discount and then fix the house up for a good rate, we've built some equity in on the back end. That, excuse me, on the back end. And that, that is equity capture. So, for example, let's say we buy a house for, I don't know, $90,000. And all it needs is some cosmetic updating, and uh, we spend around 20000 for the renovations. Our closing costs, oh, maybe around 5000 So we're all in for $115,000. But when the house is fixed up, it's worth one hundred sixty-five. We just captured $50,000 in equity. Now, that's just an example but I'll tell you, a buddy of mine, he did a deal recently where, where he picked up 40000 in equity on the back end because he bought right. The asset needed work. He put in the work, got it done for a good rate, uh, and captured 40000 on on the back end. And, and I'll tell you, I saw a presentation a few years, excuse me, a few months ago uh, at one of the Lifestyles case studies, uh, single-family presenters. And this couple, get this, they, they picked up over $90,000 in equity when they went start to finish on the whole process. I mean, that... You know, let me tell you, that, that doesn't happen every day. Um, that's a great example, and I would call that a home run easily. But I, I'll also tell you, if you sit around and wait for those home run deals, you're, you're probably not going to do any deals. Keep going out for the singles and the doubles, and, and over time you'll get that occasional home, home run. You know, you'll have bragging rights with your friends. That's all great. Uh, but it's those singles, you know, that consistent buying that's really going uh, to get you the deals and, and, and get you to where you want to be in terms of financial freedom. So what kind of deal should you be looking for? Well, that depends on you. What are you comfortable with? So I want to talk a little bit about your buying criteria and help you help you dial that in. Uh, it's going to be a little bit. It's going to come down to your uh, how risk averse you are. Do you want to do bigger rehabs? Do you do you not want to do you know, much of a rehab at all? We'll talk about that. Um, and I do want to tell you, if you have any questions on this topic or, or any others related to real estate, you can email me at askandy at luinc.com. Again, that email, it's askandy at luinc.com. And this, this is a live show. Uh, you can call the studio at 877-711-5211. Again, that number 
is 877-711-5211. And if you've got any questions about Lifestyles Unlimited, uh, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. You can register there for our free workshop. Uh, those are going on across the state of Texas and uh, really across the nation. We are uh, nationwide now. So, again, that's lifestylesunlimited.com. Go check out uh, the next free workshop in your area and uh, really get started working on your financial freedom. And in a moment, we'll come back and talk about that buying criteria. Austin's Talk 1370. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and I'm happy to be with you today. And today we're talking about uh, one of the ways that we make money in real estate. You know, there are five in, in single-family houses, six if you're into, into apartments. And the one that, that interests me today, and I hope interests you as well, is equity capture. And that's basically the, the equity that we gain basically through buying right, you know, buying and buying a house or, or apartments at a discount uh, from market value. And, and there are a number of reasons why that house might be, be discounted. It may be simply the seller is in a hurry because they got to move or they're getting divorced or whatever, or the house may be in bad shape or some mixture of, of both, which is even better. Uh, for us as the buyer but now when it comes to you if you're just getting started um, I would advise you to think think long and hard about your your buying criteria um, what is it that you want to buy what is it that you're comfortable buying and that that will evolve and that will change over over the years if your buddy's been investing for decades and and he's he's taking down houses that are you know have been in a fire bur burnouts we call them that might not be the best place for you to start, but certainly observe and, and talk to other investors and, and try to get a feel for, for what you are comfortable with. And, and there are there are various levels of distress when it you know when it comes to property co condition. You know, again, sometimes the property may be just fine, just a little outdated, and the seller is simply in a hurry for for some reason, right? Um, but uh, again, that that property condition is often a, a driving factor uh, as as to why you're getting that that discount. So. Let's look at a couple of different um, buying criteria that you can think about. Now, aside from the property condition, you, you, you'll want to kind of dial in what part of town are you comfortable buying in? Do you want to buy near yourself? Do you, do you care where the house is? If you're, if you're following the lifestyles model, you're, you're going to be pretty hands-off, so, so it won't really matter if the house is in your backyard or across town or, or even across the state. I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth. You know, I could easily buy down in Houston or San Antonio, leverage the, the Lifestyles Network. You know, that would, that would work out just great. So what, what area do you want to buy in? And think about square footage, right? That's, that's a big component. Um, uh, that'll drive your rents to some degree and, and <clears throat> value of the house. Um, do you want to go below a thousand? That might be getting a little small. Do you want to go above two thousand square feet? That might be getting a little bit big. But think about the fact that you've got a rental and and you may have ongoing maintenance. You may have a tenant turn where you need to go in and and paint the house. Well, if the house is over two thousand square feet, that's a heck of a lot more painting you're going to have to do. A heck of a lot more carpet or flooring you may have to update. That's a heck of a lot bigger roof you may be putting on, and your AC will be a lot bigger. So your your costs are going to tend to go up. So you might want to look for something in the in the middle ground there, maybe fifteen hundred square feet, or what's your range 1200 to 18 you know figure that out one one story or two story does it matter well if you've got a one-story house that's pretty simple if you've got a two-story do you need one ac or do you need two all right that starts to get a little more complicated do you care about the uh, outside of the house does it need to be brick can it be can it be wood i'll tell you 
brick veneer houses tend to have a little bit lower insurance rates. Uh, they're not as combustible, let's say, as those those wood homes. So think about that. Uh, we have some of both, so I've experienced this firsthand. And it caught me a little off guard the first house that we bought that was all wood. Um, foundation, do you care about that? We've got here in North Texas, anyhow, we've got slab foundations. We've got uh, pure and beam are, are two typical uh, types. Pure and beam tend to be a little bit older, and there are advantages to both in terms of accessibility, say, to the plumbing. You know, it's easier to get under that pure and beam house than under that slab house. So what would you, do you care? Does it matter? We've got some of both in our portfolio. You know, we just pick them up if the deal's right. And then I think the bigger question might be, especially when it comes to your renovations, what age of property do you want to take down? Older houses, simply put, need more work. I don't care how well the owners kept them, the components are simply older. Unless they've gone in and already done a major rehab, your electrical's gonna be older, you may have that outdated panel that's in a closet. Uh, roof has probably been updated, I wouldn't worry so much about that, maybe they've done the cosmetic stuff, but the bones are simply older and, and with that tends to come more, more work. So do you wanna be 80s and newer when you tend to get into the PVC plumbing under the house? Do you want to go older to the 50s where you get those nice hardwood floors that you can, you know, refinish and, and really make shine? That That's something to think about. And as far as the level of rehab, you know, if you're just getting started, maybe it's just cosmetic that you want to focus on, you know, the quote-unquote paint and carpet. And I'll tell you, our baby boomers are aging. A lot of them are moving. They're downsizing, moving to where the grandkids are. And what I've noticed in, in some of the houses we've walked and, and bought uh, those baby boomer houses, they're, they're typically pretty well maintained physically. The bones are in great shape. They're just not updated. And it doesn't take a lot to go in and refresh the carpet. We bought one a couple years ago that had this real thick, 78 build, had this real thick uh, green uh, plush carpet. I mean, it was it was, it was was crazy. Got rid of that, of course, and, and all the other outdated stuff. But we're, we're typically talking just paint and carpet. You know, some new fixtures, just bring it up into the into the 2000s, right? It's 2019, it's not 1978. Those are real easy up and down. Now, maybe you want to do cosmetic and some of the big ticket items. At Lifestyles, we talk about the big five. What are the big five? Well, that's your foundation. Do you, do you want to lift it? Do you want, to, do you want a house that's a little bit wonky that you need to correct the foundation? We talk about plumbing, right? If you're buying an older house, it may still have cast iron piping that needs to be replaced. Roof is a big, big ticket item. The HVAC right? That's your AC and your, your heating. And then the electrical, those are your, your big five. And I, I knew an investor that would do cosmetic and one big ticket item. If there were two big ticket, two of those big five, forget about it, moving on to the next one. So figure out how much of those larger dollar rehab items you want to take on. Now you get to a full rehab. That's pretty much everything. You're probably going to lift the foundation. You're Piping might be older, going to replace that, replace the roof. We, Incidentally, over the years, now that I think about it, we've never had to replace a roof at, at, at rehab stage. Don't know why, I just got lucky, I guess. Now we've replaced them over the years thanks to insurance and our abundance of hail here in North Texas, and that's that's fine. But, um, you know, full rehab, you may be opening up the walls to get to the electrical. Uh, it's going to be, be up to you. And then finally, I mentioned earlier, burnouts. Um, I've never touched a burnout. Make, makes me personally a little nervous. You know, there's a lot more that goes into that. But a lot of people make a lot of money on those because guess what? Those things are heavily, heavily discounted. Now, let's also talk about what kind of investor you are. You need to think about that too, right? There's, there's kind of this continuum that I see out there in terms of investor type, meaning how hands-on is the investor? And it can go from passive, fully passive, all the way up to fully hands-on, right? Now, the most passive you can be is going to be a passive investor in multifamily. You're just buying a piece of that apartment complex. You're handing over your, your investment funds. 
and then you're waiting for that mailbox money to, to come back to you every quarter. Now, if you're in the single family world, you could hire a property manager, be hands off as far as the ongoing management goes, and then during the renovation uh, phase, hire a GC, a general contractor, let them do all the work for you. That's what folks at Lifestyles are typically gonna be doing. Now, once you get out of that uh, rehab stage, you might wanna continue managing the property yourself. Self-management, that's what we do. It's a little more hands-on. You know, you gotta take those emails occasionally from tenants and that's fine. It's not a lot of work to it. And then you get to the next stage in single family, you might be doing the full rehab management yourself or even doing some of the work yourself. Now at Lifestyles Unlimited, we would encourage you not to spend a lot of time at the house because you should, you could be spending your time much better out finding that next that next property, right? That's gonna put you a little bit further down on your investing track. And then finally, if you wanna get to full hands-on, that lead investor that takes down the multifamily deal and collects all those passives together for the investment, that's gonna be really hands-on. So, you know, you gotta think about where are you on that continuum? Where do you want to be? Because that's gonna kinda dictate a little bit about your rehab. What do you know? What is your knowledge base? Should you even be doing a full renovation on your own? So, hey, if you wanna learn more about Lifestyles Unlimited and, and, and the real estate education and mentoring programs, give us a call at 866-945-6565. That's 866-945-6565 or go to lifestylesunlimited.com and, and register for our free workshop and learn a little bit more about uh, equity capture. Talk 1370, The Right Choice. We are back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and today we've been working on your financial freedom by talking about just one of the ways that we make money in real estate, which is through equity capture. And typically what we're doing is buying distressed houses from distressed sellers at a discount and, and then putting some work into those houses. And we were just talking ahead of the break about the investor continuum in terms of what level of involvement do you have during that process. And, you know, at Lifestyles Unlimited, we're trying to, we, we promote a, you know, passive investing because we're trying to create a lifestyle. And if you're trading your job at a desk for a company for swinging a hammer out in the field at a house, well, you've just changed one job for another. What you really should be doing is is working with experienced contractors that are probably gonna get the work done a little bit faster than you will and a little bit better than you will. No offense to the folks out there that, that do this stuff and do it well, there, there are folks that definitely do. Um, but uh, for most of us, we, we need to hand that off and, and enjoy the lifestyle and, and let someone else, you know, leverage their time, basically. We talk about that on the show all the time. Now, I do have a call from uh, Jason in Fort Worth. Jason, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Jason. How, how can I help you today? Um, well, I was curious about the uh, typical down payment for a single-family house. What Percentage-wise, what would that typically be? Sure. And it, it, it's it's variable, of course, right? That's uh, it depends, right? That's the classic answer. Um, if if you're just going in straight conventional, if you're not buying one of these houses that I'm talking about today that needs a lot of work, um, your mortgage lender, or your mortgage broker should be able to get you into a like a Fannie Mae loan, which is going to be the low interest rate type loan uh, in this market. For fifteen percent is the lowest I've heard. If if you don't have Right, a lot of mortgages already. It may they may go up to twenty or twenty five percent. It depends on the number of properties you have. That's if you're buying straight conventional. Now, if you're doing what we do at Lifestyles and we're we're buying these distressed houses, 
I, I don't normally think of it as a down payment. It's, it, 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 we typically talk about our cash out of pocket, and, and that's going to be driven by the deal itself. So if I'm buying at a very deep discount, <clears throat> my, <clears throat> my out of pocket can, can, can close in on zero. Uh, some folks take money away from the closing table even. Now, in today's market, that's not that's not as common. Um, we see out-of-pocket, uh, going. Uh, it approaches $30,000 sometimes, uh, maybe even higher, maybe lower uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. Um, you know, down in Houston, I see that it's a little bit lower, that out-of-pocket. Uh, San Antonio is closer to Dallas, so it's going to depend on the market, but but it, it does, it depends very strongly on the deal. Uh, a buddy of mine did a deal uh, earlier in the year, and I believe his out-of-pocket was $15,000. He just had a nice spread, right, in terms of what he bought it for, what he needed to pay in terms of renovations, and then what it valued at on the back end when he refinanced out of hard money. And that's part of the the process as well. And that, actually, it's a good segue because I did want to dive into hard money uh, in this segment. And some hard money lenders may require a 10% down payment, 10% of the loan. Um, that's going to that's gonna vary by by hard money lender. Um, so just to kind of summarize, there's a lot of information. If, if you're going in straight conventional, anywhere from 15 to 20%, if you're buying the way we buy with hard money, they may require that you have some skin in the game, especially if you're new, and that may be around 10%. Uh, as you get more experience, doesn't matter. They, they won't do that. It'll, it'll, it'll come down to the deal, and then you may see anywhere from you know, 10, 20, 30K out of pocket on, on a deal. So I hope that does that help you, Jason? Okay. Yeah, that's great. I just had one more question, if you don't mind. Surely. Typical rehab costs, I'd heard on a previous radio show that y'all did that you want to replace everything that's five years or more older. Um, I mean, HVAC, roof, plumbing, stuff like that. What do those typically cost on a distressed property through the preferred vendors that y'all have? Sure, and, and again, it, it, it varies by you know to talk about HVAC, AC system, for example. Are you are you doing a house that's a thousand square feet, or are you doing one that's two thousand? Um, it, it's going it's going to depend on the size of the unit, and if you have to do ductwork, that sort of thing. So, um, but we get good rates. I will absolutely tell you that for sure. Uh, occasionally, you know, we'll get multiple bids from some folks here and there just to kind of test the waters. And 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 hands down, we we always wind up going back to the guys that we're we're using through the through the vendor program. Um, you know, full rehabs. It, it depends. You know, are you that investor I was talking about that just wants to do paint and carpet? You know, refresh everything. And and older than five years. You know, it it depends. You know, we just uh, picked up a house uh, near Fort Worth. The I'm trying to think. Well, I guess the AC was 2016, so it was newer. But, you know, my, my AC guy says maybe you go seven years, eight years. At that point, start thinking about replacing it. But, um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing full rehab out of pocket. I think actually Mike, uh, one of the other hosts, had a, had a Blake Johnson from Finishing Touches on the other day. And Blake was saying that he's seeing rehabs, total rehab budgets coming in around 25 to 30K here in Dallas-Fort Worth right now. So those have come down a little bit. But it's all, you know. What you're putting into the house, size of AC, you know, size of roof, that's that's all going to be driven by the house itself. So those those are pretty variable, um, but but you will get okay. some 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 really good rates through the vendor program. So hey, Jason, I I appreciate the call today. So let's talk okay. just quickly. Yes, yes, sir. Anytime. Let's talk just quickly about that hard money that that I just mentioned. Um, so again. The, the the way you handle hard money or when you need hard money, let's put it that way, is it's, it's going to depend on the property. If the property doesn't need any work, you can go straight conventional. Now, depending on where you are in your investing 
cycle, you know, the number of properties you have drives your down payment, just like I was telling Jason. So for me, just paying a down payment on a conventional loan typically doesn't make sense. For me, it typically makes more sense because I've got a little bit of a spread with the deals that I'm getting to go ahead and buy with hard money and then refinance that. Oh, yes, I have two closing costs uh, uh, that I have, you know, two two transactions affiliated with two closings that I got to pay, but uh, it, it works out. But with hard money, you're going to take a look at the property condition. You're going to get your, your vendors out there, your, your general contractor, your foundation crew. It depends on the level of rehab needed and have them give the house a once over. They're going to give you some uh, their estimates and you're going to take those to your hard money lender. And based on the, the what they're going to do is send out an appraiser based on the scope of work that you've given them and the houses that have sold in the neighborhood, they're going to say, well, you're going to probably come in around $165,000 once you fix it up the way you've described that you're going to fix it up. And I'll tell you, it's very, very important. If you tell your hard money lender, this is the work I'm going to do, do that work. If you start to get a little squirrely and start to cut corners, guess what? Your refi is not going to come in at that 165 on the back end. If you start doing, you know, scaling back, you're going to come in lower. You're going to wind up taking money to the closing table when you refinance. So be very careful with that. I see, I do see that happen sometimes and um, you, you can get burned. So you're going to go to your hard money lender say, hey, here's the work I'm doing. He's going to tell you, okay, appraiser go out. He's going to get that 165 appraisal back and he's going to lend to you based on that after repaired value, that expected value. And here in the Dallas-Fort Worth market and I think in Houston and San Antonio as well, most hard money lenders nowadays are lending at 75% of that after repair value. So typically, you're going to cover your purchase price and some, maybe even all of your, your renovations. It depends on that spread there. And then to go back to Jason's question about your down payment, right, depending on your spread, you'll bring to the closing table the balance of that repair uh, budget that, that, that's not covered in the loan, right? Um, and, and your closing costs. And, and what your hard money lender is going to do is they're going to take that repair escrow and they're going to sit on it. They're not going to give you that money. Years and years ago, they would have given you that money. And guess what? <laughs> they lost big. So nowadays, they hold on to that money. And as you make repairs to the house, you're going to let them know, well, I've got the roof on. He's going to send out an inspector, confirm that's done. And then you can pull that portion of your repair escrow out. That allows you to have a little less money or, or, or that you don't have to have quite as much money when you start to go into the renovation phase because you can draw down as you go through and then fund the next payment to your contractor to do the next thing on the house, the AC, the flooring, what, whatever that is. And then when you get to the closing line, the finish line, rehab is done. All that escrow has been pulled out. You've got it back in your pocket or you've paid your contractors. Then you're going to refinance, pay off that high interest, hard money loan, high interest, but who cares because you're in it for a very short period of time get your renter into place, and you're done, and you move on to the next one. Hey, if you've got any questions today, you can email me at askandy at luinc.com. That's askandy at luinc.com. Or if you want to give us a call like Jason did, the number here is 877-711-5211. Again, that's 877-711-5211. We've got one more segment coming up, and I really want to jump into the uh, renovations in that in that final segment, talk talk about some of the things you might want to do to these houses as you get them. There are a lot of standard things that we do nowadays um, that we've just learned to do over, over the years. So we're going to talk about uh, the renovation itself when we come back. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Thank you. 
back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and today we've been working on your financial freedom by talking about uh, one of the big ways, really, that we uh, make money through real estate, which is through equity capture. That can you can really drive some some returns home uh, if you're buying right, putting some renovations into a property, and capturing that equity on the back end. I gave you the example earlier. Now this is a home run. I'm just looking for singles with that occasional home run baked in, but there was a couple that did a deal, uh, presented one of their deals, a single family case study a few months ago that captured 90K, over 90K in, in, in equity, which is just phenomenal. So in this last segment, I wanna talk a little bit about the rehab, you know, how do you decide on the rehab level and, and, and what sort of rehab should you be doing, whether you're doing it on your own or, or hiring it out with a, with, a, with a competent GC, general contractor, as we recommend. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Now, I do have a call here from David. David is in San Antonio. How can I help you, David? Take you off of uh, my Bluetooth, I think. Can you? I, I heard you, but now I think I'm on hold. Are you there, David? He cut off. Okay, Mr. Producer says David is gone. Uh, now, I, I just know from uh, what the producer told me during the break uh, when David called in, David said he's having trouble getting a construction loan. Now, a construction loan is just another term for a bridge loan, which is just another term for a hard money loan, um, which is what we were talking about in the prior segment. Uh, David, if you're listening, if, if you are, I don't know if you're a Lifestyles member or not. Uh, if you're not, um, you know, we've got a ton a ton of uh, hard money lenders in our program. I'm sorry, Quinn. David is back. Okay, David. Sorry, I lost you in, in cellular <laughs> land. But I get um, it. okay, I, so I bought a piece of land, um, paid cash for it, and I'm building about a million and a half, two million dollar home. I've cleared the land. I've got it ready to go. I've paid for all my plans. I paid for all the engineering, and uh, done all of the stuff that I'm supposed to do. I'm having a hard. All I need is seven hundred thousand dollars, but they said once it gets above four hundred thousand, you step into a kind of a new world. So it's going to be maybe a mil, two million dollar home. I just need seven hundred thousand dollars. It's just, you know, and, and being a, and I have great credit, but my problem is I'm a business owner. Yeah, so you've got and the. So I'm you've... looking for a bank statement type thing. Understood. Yeah, I, my best advice to you. That's a little bit. I, I, I can't say I've ever developed land, so it's a little bit more. Uh, outside of my level of experience, but I, but I would tell you to keep shopping around. You know, I, I know it can be pretty frustrating when you when you go to the bank, you present what you're doing, they turn you down. You know, just don't give up. Keep keep shopping around, and and I would encourage you, you know, whether this is an investment property or not, get out to some of the networking events in the area and talk to other investors because they're going to be your best resource at this stage. Um, there's someone out there that has done something similar. And, and, and they'll be able to connect you um, with, with their bank or, or, or with their lender. Um, but, but just keep your, you know, keep beating the pavement. And, you know, I hear it all the time. People that are having trouble getting a loan, you know, it takes them maybe 20, 25, 30, 30 rounds at the banks. So that's for us what we're doing okay. at a lower scale at Lifestyles, right? We're not doing million dollar deals. Um, we don't have that problem. You know, the, the stuff we're doing is more, okay. more bread so and butter. So when you but. say networking, events what are you specifically referring to well for example you're in san antonio i'm going to tell you what we've got coming up at lifestyles we've got a few free workshops coming up go out there see who's in the audience right maybe get a private loan 
right, from a doctor, somebody who's got some cash they're sitting on. But um, this coming Saturday, the 7th of, of uh, September at 10 a.m., and then the following Thursday, the 12th at 6.30, that one's taught by Al Gordon, one of the other radio hosts. Um, you know, th that's a networking event for me, right, where I'm going out and talking okay. to other investors. So get on get on meetup.com, get on Facebook or whatever, whatever social media you use, and, and, and you'll find some other real estate-type events in your area. Get out to those. That's where okay. you're going to find the people that either have the money or know the guy that does. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, it. David. You bet. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, so today, or on the rest of the show, I want to talk about uh, just the rehab itself and uh, what we need to be doing in terms of rehab. And, and now the first question you may have is, well, how do you even decide what is the appropriate level of rehab? And I think there are a couple of questions there. First of all, if, if we are talking about a house that has a foundation that's down seven inches in one one corner and, and up eight inches at the other end of the house, you want to take care of that structural sort of stuff. You, you got to make it li generally livable, right? You want to address the foundation. If it's got a bad roof, you want to address the roof, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then it comes down to the cosmetic stuff. And, and, and in order to determine what do I need to do on the cosmetic side, it really comes down to looking at the comps in that neighborhood. So if you've got houses that are selling at $165,000 and that's what you want your after repair value on the back end to be, guess what? You need to model your renovation on those houses because when that appraiser comes through, he's going to pull the sold comps in the last, I don't know, 90 days to, to maybe 180. He's going to see those houses with the granite countertops. If you put in Formica, you're not quite at that level. So look at the sold comps in your area and model after those. And that's going to dictate, you know, do I do Formica or do I do granite? Do I do vinyl plank? Do I do laminate? Do I do carpet? Right. Um, now, how do you see those comps? Well, you can go out to Zillow or Redfin or Realtor.com and see what's posted out there. You may not see the sold prices. You, you won't, not in Texas anyhow. Um, or you talk to your Realtor buddy, say, hey, can you run me the comps for this neighborhood with pictures so that I can see what everything's coming out looking like? If you are a Lifestyles member, you should have access to Quest. You can get access to Quest, which is a, a, a program that we use that gives us access to those comps where we can see those pictures. So that's going to be your driving determination. You know, their question I get a lot is, do I, you know, this house has a garage conversion. Should I keep it? Well, what does the rest of the neighborhood look like? You know, you can get on Google Maps if you're not near the house and just kind of walk up and down the road and see, are there other garage conversions? If that's what the neighborhood has, you're probably fine to keep it if it was done well. And that's another question, right? Uh, if it is a garage conversion or an addition, you want to see that it was done well. If it's not done well, the appraiser is not going to value it as highly when they go to that, uh, when, when they do their appraisal on the refi side. That square footage may not count for you. It needs to be heated and it needs to be cooled. It needs to be ducted. Okay, so, so you need to look at all that. And if it's not, you, you want to think about adding that. Something else you're going to want to look at, since we are talking about rentals, is the city requirements, right? Some cities have very few requirements in terms of rental registration and rental inspections. Some require those things. So you're going to want to know if I have an inspection to be done before a tenant moves in or after a tenant moves in, every municipality is different. Some do it before, some do it after. What are they going to be looking for? And the easiest way to get to that information is to call the code enforcement or the building inspection department. Sometimes they'll have that posted on their website, but in my experience, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> it's a bureaucracy like any, any other government out there. And boy, it's hard to find information on the city websites, in my experience. But uh, talk to the cities. You know, they're all, they're all a little bit different. And, you know, we're, we're probably invested in a good dozen cities around DFW. And, you know, the city of Hearst, for example, does a rental inspection, and they want to do it before the tenant moves in 
the city of Farmers Branch does a rental inspection. They want to do it after the tenant moves in. So they're all different. So uh, best thing you can do is, is call call the city and, and find out. And, and speaking of garage conversions, I mentioned that a second ago. If you do see that there's an addition or, or a conversion of that sort that was put onto the house, you may want to call the building department and find out if it was permitted. Uh, some cities, we've done this in the past, and they, they said, well, I don't see a permit for it, but your grandfather didn't. You don't need to worry about it. Other cities, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and have done any business uh, east of Dallas, there are some towns over there that are very, very strict. And even if that conversion was done by someone before you bought the house, they may come through and require you to pay for permitting and, and do whatever updating is necessary to make them happy. So, so be careful. Do your due diligence beforehand. Now, as far as rehab steps, think about, you know, it's, if you're like us at Lifestyles, you're hiring out the work. Your GC is going to run through this for you anyhow. But it's good to be informed as to the process. What, what order should these things be happening in? And typically, you're going to work from the ground up. You know, you want to do the foundation work before you address the plumbing, before you address the roof. I saw a guy that uh, put a new roof on a house, then lifted the foundation. Guess what happened to that roof? It buckled. <laughs> it buckled when he lifted the house. Uh, I don't know why he put it on first. It got a great deal. Had to get it done quick. No clue. Then he had to go through and, and repair the roof. So think about the order in which these things need to happen. A lot of guys, when it comes to the interior, will say, do your paint, then your floors. Other guys will say, no, no, no. Work from the ground up. Do your floors, then your paint. There are pros and cons to both. If I paint first and have my guys come through and do the floors, they're probably going to ding up my floors. I'm probably going to have to send a painter through to touch up or my handyman to touch up those baseboards, touch up the, the walls and whatnot. Conversely, if I put the floors in first and then my guys come through and paint, I may get overspray on my new laminate. I've had it happen where my floors get dinged and they get nicked. The more traffic I get through going go, going across those floors, um, that's just irritating. So you, you got to choose your pick your poison, I guess, in that sense and just be prepared to deal with uh, the ramifications. Now, a few rehab tips, things that I've picked up over the years. You know, if you're buying older homes, uh, check out the bathrooms. A lot of them don't have vents, exhaust vents. And if you're putting a tenant in there, you want them to be able to ventilate the, 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 the bathroom so it doesn't get moldy, doesn't get mildewy, all that good stuff. So always look at that, add those. A lot of these older homes, they're not ventilated at the roof properly. We picked up one a year ago that had one single turbine on a 1,500-square-foot house. That's not giving enough ventilation to the roof. Your shingles are going to go south a lot quicker, you know, the tenant's not going to be able to cool the house as well, so add some turbines. It's not that expensive, a couple hundred bucks. Add insulation. Again, older houses tend not to be insulated as well. If it's going to be a rental, do you want that gas stove in the hands of your tenant? We'll pay a little bit extra to run the uh, electrical to put a uh, electric, state, uh, electric range in place of, of a gas, if it's existing gas. And those older homes, again, tend to have, have gas. Um, so look, Today we've been we've been talking about just you know one of the ways that we that we make money in real estate and and, and that's through equity capture and I'll tell you there, there really is uh, there's a ton of potential to make a, a significant amount of money this way I mean if you think about it if you can make let's say 20k in equity gain on one house let's say you can do that on every house you buy 10 houses well you just added two hundred thousand dollars to your to your net worth um, it, it really is it really is possible and we do that like we said at the start of the show by uh, finding these houses that are that are in distress either due to the condition or due to the seller sellers in a hurry and and that's fine you know something's going on going through divorce going through foreclosure whatever that just presents an opportunity uh, opportunity for us and, and again this is just one of the ways that we make money in real estate right is through equity capture remember there are five 
right? We got our cash flow. We got our equity buildup as the tenant pays down the mortgage every month. We got those tax advantages and we've got the natural market appreciation. And of course, what we've been talking about today, the the equity gain. And, and, and I love it. It's, it's great to look back when you've gotten through that full process, you turn this asset around and you got some money in your on your books anyhow. So hey, create a more effective roadmap to your financial future. Come visit us at our next uh, free workshop. You can find those on lifestylesunlimited.com. And you can find us on the air every day of the week and enjoy our podcast at any time on that same website. Just click on the radio tab. This is Andy Webb, and I, I thank you for listening, and I, and I look forward to talking with you again soon on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Remember, it's not the money. It's all about the lifestyle. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, investing, or tax advice. Results may vary. Always consult a professional before making any financial decisions. If you'd like to find out more about the mentoring available at Lifestyles Unlimited, please visit them online at lifestylesunlimited.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.